Lifestyle Matters, it's more than money. I'm Leanna Wachniak, and with me today is Rob Geary. We're filling in for Dave and Faisal today. Nice to see you, Rob. Yeah, it's good to be here, filling in. Big shoes to fill. Well, exactly. Well, they've left the show to us today, so we'll see what happens. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's it's going to be a lot of fun, and um, I, I think that, you know, we have a great speaker coming up, and we've heard a lot of conversations this week on pre-retirement, mm -hmm. right? Uh, what you need to do if you're a little bit before that retirement stage, start to think about it. So we'll have a conversation about that. I know you covered uh, media this week. Mm -hmm. We're in the midst of some economic data. What, give us kind of a quick update on what happened here this week. Well, this week, the big headline in Canada was, of course, the Bank of Canada's interest rate decision. Everybody wanted to know whether or not the Bank of Canada was going to raise interest rates. And it was actually interesting to watch heading into it. I've never seen so much interest in an interest rate decision before. <laughs> you know, there was a countdown clock on BNN and there were like all, all of these things going on. People are counting down to these rate decisions now. Of course, the Bank of Canada came out and said no increase this time. We kept the rate at 5%. Now, Tiff Macklem was actually in Calgary the go mm -hmm. governor of the Bank of Canada, he was actually in Calgary on Thursday and he had some remarks. But basically, he came out and said, it might not be over. Mm -hmm. We'll do more if we need to. There's a few areas of concern that they still have, including wage inflation, which we saw on Friday. That number is still sticky. So that's potentially an area that they are going to be keeping quite a close eye on because it's, that could mean they have more work to do. Mm -hmm. But market seems to be pricing in even right now, the possibility of another hold in October. So mm -hmm. it was kind of what the market expected, but there was a lot of buzz around it. So that was sort of the main headline for economic data this week. It is enough for a lot of people that I talk to, it's the only time in, in my history that everyone knows the date of the rate decisions exactly. here in Canada and a lot in the US because yes. we have one coming up in the US here in a couple of weeks. US markets are pricing in uh, some potential on a hold, but mm -hmm. the market is wavering on what that means. So we did see some volatility again this week. Absolutely. And it's, it's, uh, they're looking out toward the November, October, November period and potentially a hike in the U.S. there at that point in time. That's kind of a coin toss according to the market right now, whether mm -hmm. or not they're going to hike again in November. But they're expecting a hold right now at their decision in September, which is the 20th here. So definitely one to watch, but that's kind of been adding some uncertainty to the markets. Of course, we're actually going to be getting the new um, interest or inflation print in the U.S. next week. Mm -hmm. So Friday, we were seeing a bit of a wait and see pause on that as well. Yeah, highlights on economic data coming in. We'll be watching it. What does that translate to a lot of the people that we talk to um, Coming in, not quite at retirement yet. We're a little bit younger than the other two <laughs> normally in these seats. So maybe we'll have a conversation more uh, direct to what people need to be looking at and think about in that period. Let's say five years, you're getting closer to, you're starting to think about it, but don't even know what to think about. We do have a lot of conversation coming up here in the next seg segment on uh, uh, defined benefit plans and pensions, how those work into your plan. Let's give a kind of an update on, you know, what your thoughts are, what you look at if you're five years out. 
Well, there are a few places to look. There's a few areas of your life you have to consider when you're thinking about retiring, whether that's kind of two to five years out, maybe a little bit further. One of them is obviously the financial piece. Um, now, as you mentioned, our next guest is actually going to be great because he'll be talking about pension plans. Whether or not you have a pension plan with your company could significantly impact the way you plan financially for mm -hmm. your retirement. How much of that, if you have a pension, how much of your lifestyle will that fund? What is it going to cost you to live? Those are all major questions and it's really quite difficult for people to estimate what they're going to spend in retirement. Mm -hmm. I, I, I know you often have conversations with people about how to figure out what you might spend in retirement. Well, a lot of people want to um, look at it in the sense of how, how they're doing compared to everyone else. Am I, am I there? Am I ready? And I say, I, I really don't know. It depends. You, there's a drastic difference between spending 10000 a month and 3000 a month. Right, so things are going to change. Your expenses will change somewhat in retirement, but it really is a chance prior to retirement to start looking at that. What you are spending when those paychecks are coming in, and you don't have this fear of where those monies are going to come from. Right, so it, it is a different feel, and uh, there is no, there is some rules of thumb, but I say it's more based on the lifestyle. I don't want to use the, the rules of thumb should be based on what you want to do in retirement, what some of those costs are going to be. We do deep dive plans on looking at everything that you need to look at, vehicle replacement, uh, property, right? Maintenance, property maintenance. Yep, right? all of those things. And I think you made a really good point there. The other part of that, beyond the financial, but very much tied to it, is what you're going to do with your time. Mm -hmm. Because that's a major problem. And I was actually having a conversation with somebody yesterday to say the problem that a lot of people face is they don't know what they're going to do. They just kind of stop working. And then there's a giant you know, 40, 50 hour hole in your schedule that you need to find something to do with all of that time. And lots of people, they head into retirement with a plan of, well, we're going to travel. Great, absolutely, most people do spend a few years traveling, at least at the very beginning. What does that look like? What is it going to cost? That all goes into the planning stage for what you're going to need to spend on that. But then the other question is, when you're not traveling, what are you doing mm -hmm. with your time? And what is that? Is it meaningful for you? It's because this isn't just an extended vacation. That's something else we talk about regularly. You can't look at retirement as just an extended vacation. It's not just that you're taking a break and you're not working. You need to have something meaningful to do with those hours. So I know you have conversations sometimes with people about finding meaning in retirement. It is, yeah. And I, I so when you're working years, the conversation goes up, time is money, right? That famous saying, mm -hmm. reverse it. Once you have the money you've saved for retirement, now you have time, right? So that's what I look at. It is the biggest hurdle, um, you know, knowing when to. It's easier to look at and start to think about those things uh, before you pull the pin and are fully retired. So um, those are two things. On the financial side, right? Going back to that for a second, 
what are some of the things that you can start to gather and do and look at when we plan for people that are prior to retirement? Well, for sure. A few of those things are, and I mean, some of them are further down the road. Some of them are right when you head into retirement. It's good to have a budget. So if you've never budgeted or you don't really, you kind of have a loose idea of what you spend right now, it's actually a good idea to sit down and look at all of the various pieces of your household budget because some of those things will go away once you retire, you're not commuting as much, maybe you will do less driving, there'll be less cost, maybe less vehicle maintenance. You might not have things like dry cleaning. There might be less meals if you tend to eat lunch mm -hmm outside of the office for for that. So things like that, some of those things will drop off, but some of those things will be added on. So it's good to have an idea of that particular budget. It's good to have an idea of what you want to do with your time so that you actually have, you can actually put dollars to that and decide what the budget is going to look like. And then it's actually good to look a little bit further out down the road. Are there things you want to do like help your kids out with things like education, maybe down payments, are there, like as you mentioned before, um, vehicle costs, you know, vehicle replacement that you might need to do regularly? Is there big house bills coming up? Do you need to replace a roof or a furnace or something else like mm -hmm. that? So all of those things are things you can start to look at prior to heading into retirement to help you kind of gather what that number needs to look like and know what you need in order to go into retirement and build that plan. And gathering your asset list as well. I recently had a, an example where we worked with a client family. They had three hidden defined benefits from previous employers that popped up uh, when we were going through the process and it equaled close to $2,000 a month. Now, Rob, I know we talked to a lot of people who don't necessarily have a defined benefit or defined even a defined contribution plan through their employers. And it's a source of stress for a lot of Canadians because mm -hmm. they don't have that guaranteed income in their retirement they're relying on their investments for it. So we have actually a fantastic guest with us today who's going to talk to us about some research about whether or not uh, people are looking for better pensions in the workplace right now and what that could mean for employers. We have Derek Dobson, CEO and plan manager at the CAAT Pension Plan with us. Derek, thanks for joining us today. It's my pleasure. Derek, I, can you just kind of give us an overview of of that the study you did and, and, and maybe, you know, what your main findings were? Sure, uh, absolutely. So there's actually several studies that I'll refer to, and, and it's really testing the relevance of defined benefit pension plans, given all the concerns about affordability, and what the big results, the top line results, were that seven out of 10 Canadians would actually take a lower pay increase to have more of that money shifting over to a better pension plan. I think a lot of people recognize that they're not good at saving themselves and having a workplace pension plan that's automatic is something very important and they're actually willing to take lower pay to get it. Wow, seven out of 10. Now, yeah. is that older Canadians, people who are already in the, have been in the workforce for a while and are getting close to the retirement mark or are those younger people? That's a great question. It's actually across the board. So when I look at the data, I look at it deeply to look across different age groups because different industries have different age groups in the, in the workplace, especially in Calgary. And then also I looked at it at different income levels. And there was very little difference when we looked at the study across those two cross sections it was quite surprising for me. Has this data changed at all in the pandemic in a tight, tighter labor market that we know? 
Um, is that been a more of a stress on the employer to provide this extra benefit in the last couple of years? I think more and more employers, especially as demographics shift to the marathon for talent rather than just a short-term war for talent, that employers are looking at doing more for their employees. And they are turning to studies like I just mentioned because it's what can we do that actually focuses on retaining workers, improving their wellness, their financial wellness, which also benefits them from a culture and productivity perspective. So yeah, employers are paying more attention to this. And I'm seeing increases in contribution rates going to the pension or the introduction of a defined benefit pension plan, which is quite rare if you look at the last 20 years. So what kinds of those pension plans are sort of the most attractive or what features of them do employees find most attractive when they're looking at different employers? Yeah, from the surveys that I've seen, and including for our own 90,000 members, it usually boils down to, I need income for life, a paycheck for life. So that's usually right at the top of the house, is I don't know how long I'm going to live, so give me something that I know is going to be in my bank account each and every month for as long as I live. Then the next tier down, and it's not a big gap, but it's give me something that keeps pace with inflation, so inflation protection in the pension, and also make sure it covers my spouse, because uh, Household finances, you need to put the budget together from where's the income going to come if I die first. So those are the big ones. And then I would say a, a, a little bit of a gap between, and I don't know what's going to happen to me. I might be forced into early retirement because of changes in the economy or my health, et cetera. But some early retirement features would also be a nice to have. Is there specific industries that, so I can go back to the mention on the defined benefit and, and for listeners, this is more the, the old school way of you are getting a defined amount once you retire. Is there certain sectors or industries that are providing that? That was kind of a, uh, an interesting piece that you said. So, so really briefly, over the last 20 years, a lot of employers were getting out of defined benefit pension plans because they were unpredictable from a funding perspective. But that pushed risks on individual members to figure out that on themselves. So we're actually seeing in our plan, so we opened up our plan to all provinces, all industries, we now have 16 different industries. But I would say predominantly where the initial interest has come is where they were getting out of defined benefit or closed it down and then they had defined contribution for new members. And now that's inequitably between those two types of why does it matter if I joined the year before or the year after my financial outcome? So those employers are saying, nope, we want defined benefit for everybody. And you're quite right when you mentioned defined benefit seems to be the old model. And we actually brand ourselves as a modern defined benefit pension plan, which gets it off the balance sheet for employers, but still has predictable lifetime paycheck for life with inflation protection. So there are new innovations coming to the pension space in Canada, and it's very exciting. And we have a new employer joining every two days, just to give you a sense on the path of how quickly to, a train, to attract and retain workers in a competitive market, pensions make a difference. That sounds actually like a really interesting uh sort of new model, as it were, for defined benefit plans, or at least gives um, employers more flexibility. Do you think we're actually going to see some growth in the defined benefit space or the number of employees that have access to a defined benefit plan over the next, call it 20 years? Absolutely. Uh, when, when, when it's quite simple. Give workers what they want, but protect the balance sheet. So this modern defined benefit pension plan really allows employers to have the best of both worlds, the best of defined contribution, predictable cost, but attraction, retention, wellness benefits that members want. 
in most of the CHROs that I'm talking with across the country and CFOs as well, they're looking for that best of both worlds. So it's only in those conditions, I think, where defined benefit, modern defined benefit plans will make a comeback is you have to do what's right for the employer, but you also have to do what's right for the employee. So Derek, maybe for listeners, you can give, if, if, if an employee that's looking for, you know, a, a new job or maybe a, um, you know, a, something different, maybe the top three things they should be looking for in their compensation package if this is going to come up. Yeah, yeah. I mean, below the top line of what am I getting paid and what my career aspirations and, and growth are perspective, if you think about your future self, I think is the context of the question understanding and it's hard to understand pensions but understanding if it's defined benefit what are the benefits what are my contributions if it's defined contributions what are my contributions what's the match from the employer and what are the defaults so help me what are the education elements so it's really are you a partner employer on my goal of protecting my future self and having a secure retirement so i can get that out of my headspace and just focus on the task at hand on my current self and my current. So it's really, I would I would be asking employers, because many of them advertise we have a world-class pension plan, but when you dig deeper, it's not really there. So I would ask a few more questions. I'm a little bit of a, a person who approaches other people. I would talk to existing employees or maybe even existing retirees of that company to really get the, the, the true facts of how good is the plan and employers are willing to change it. They just, employees just need to put up their hand and ask those questions. Derek, thank you so much. It's going to be really interesting to see over the next couple of years here whether or not we can see actual some pension growth rather than contraction like we've seen over the last few years. So thank you so much for joining us today. It's been my great pleasure. Thank you. We've been joined by Derek Dobson, CEO and plan manager of the CAAT pension plan. Now, Rob, we are going to talk about what happens if you don't have a pension plan and you're going to be funding your own retirement at our upcoming seminar. Absolutely. Join us uh, Tuesday, September 26, 7 p.m. in person at the Hamptons Golf Club. You can go to morethanmoneyradio.com to register. All right. Thanks so much for joining us today. We hope to see you at our next seminar and for from all of us here at the More Than Money Show. Just a reminder, you can access any past segments if you want to listen to this again at any point in time at morethanmoneyradio.com or download our podcast at wherever you listen to your podcast. Just search for More Than Money CHQR. From Rob, myself, Leanna, and all of us here, thanks for joining us. Take care. David Popovich and Faisal Carmelli are portfolio managers and investment advisors with CIBC Woodgundy in Calgary. The views of David Popovich and Faisal Carmelli do not necessarily reflect those of CIBC World Markets, Inc. Clients are advised to seek advice regarding their particular circumstances from their personal tax and legal advisors. If you are currently a CIBC Woodgundy client, please contact your investment advisor. CIBC Woodgundy is a division of CIBC World Markets, Inc., a subsidiary of CIBC and a member of the Canadian Investor Protection Fund and Investment Industry Regulatory Organization of Canada.